Good morning. Wow. Yeah, John uh, went first last time, so I guess it's my my turn to go first. But uh, what a what an it's just such an honour to be here, and um, we're just so blessed. You know, um, Pastor Brian and Pastor Lynn have just been an incredible blessing to us, um, and um, it's so good to be able to partner together and um, you know and build together. And uh, and we're we're just so honoured to be here this morning on Pentecost Sunday. Isn't that fantastic? You know, the church was birthed in the supernatural power of God, and it's meant to continue in the supernatural power of God. Amen. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I, there has been a power shortage in the church. Has anyone ever noticed that? You know, a bit of a power shortage, but I believe that God is returning the power to the church. Amen. It's coming back. And, um, and I heard these words this morning as I woke up, get ready for the greater works. Get ready for greater works. Amen. So uh, God is going to do something amazing here um, and in our region. Uh, I just want to start off with a, uh, a prophetic uh, experience I had. I believe that it was a prophetic word for um, Gippsland and um, a couple of, oh, it was quite probably a month ago, maybe a little bit more, um, I was cooking one Sunday afternoon, pretty rare, no, <laughs> um, and I, I, I had to be really quick and, um, and so I was sort of rushing and I'd, I'd put some things in. Uh, the slow cooker, and I had to lift the lid. As I lifted the lid, it smashed on the tiles and just completely, you know, glass lid just totally smashed. And, you know, who knows that sometimes you can have a prophetic experience. You know that there's just a natural thing that's happening, but you know that there's something deeper. And um, and so I had a really busy afternoon, and so I kept going on with the day, but I, I had that in the back of my mind. And I thought, God, what was that all about? I knew it was something, something else. Prophetic people are really strange, aren't they? It's like they see something prophetic in everything. It's like, yeah, it's, anyway. <laughs> but if you're prophetic, you know what I mean. But... Um, Anyway, so, uh, so anyway, that night I went to bed and as I was laying in bed, um, I saw that vision that p- passed through my mind again of what happened uh, with that lid and, um, and, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and, and, and he said, I'm going, I'm smashing the lid. I'm smashing the lid. And I believe that that was a word, it's a word for Gippsland, that he's smashing the lid. And we are about to see a move of God that cannot be contained, amen? And it was interesting because with with the lid, you know, it wasn't just, he didn't just lift the lid, he smashed the lid. There is no lid, amen? And uh, and, and I believe that, yeah, like I said, we're about to see a move of God that that cannot be contained. And um, and I I believe that it's a word, not not only for Gippsland, but it's also a word for us individually as well. You know, um, and and Beck, you you pretty much preached what I was going to (laughs) say just this morning, which is really awesome about this, because, um, you know, there's things that come to try and limit us, isn't there? There's things that come to try and stop us from from rising up, from fulfilling um, our full potential in God. It's like, you know, have you ever got so far and then you feel a pushback? You know, you're just about to rise up and and then you get pushed back down and you you get squashed down again and you can never quite break through. And uh, so we've got to ask ourselves, what are the limitations that are in our life? What are the limitations? What are the things that hold you back and hold you down? And that's what uh, Beck was was, um, speaking about this morning. And, you know, is it fear? Is it insecurity? Is it um, unworthiness? Do you feel unworthy? Is it intimidation? Maybe opinions of others. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a habit, a habit, a sin habit. Whatever it is, discouragement, disappointment. These are all things that come to try and limit us. But God wants to smash the lid of limitation off our lives. Amen. I believe he wants to do that this morning. And uh, he's, he's so good. And um, it's time for him to, to, for us to allow God to smash that limitation off our life once and for all. Amen. And um, so as I was preparing, I've got to keep my eye on the time because John's got to get some time too. So, <laughs> so um, as I was preparing, I'm like, God, what would you like? What would you want me to preach this morning here? What, what is the word? And, and God uh, spoke to me and said, I want you to speak about glory. I want you to speak about glory. And so we know, probably most of us know the Old uh, Testament and New Testament uh, words for glory. The Old Testament word, kab- kabod, um, it means weight or heaviness. 
And, um, and, you know, most of us have heard the saying, or we've probably all heard the saying that uh, he or she carries a lot of weight around here. You know, it means authority. It means that they have authority. And so that word, uh, it, it means uh, splendor. It means honour, renown. Um, it, it's an incredible word, but it's, it's weighty. That word is weighty. It carries authority. Um, and the New Testament word, uh, doxa, uh, it means dignity, honour, praise, worship. Uh, there's so many different uh, meanings. It's, it's such a rich word, glory. It's, sort of, uh, it's, it's just incredible. It means beauty, majesty and splendour. Um, it refers to the attributes or the true nature of a thing. You know, the attributes or the true nature of a thing. Um, the word glory is often used to represent God's, uh, the totality of God's nature, character and attributes. It refers to the weightiness of his person, you know, and reputation, the fullness of his presence in the earth. Wow. The visible manifestation of his attributes and character. It's the full expression of his nature, the full expression of who he, who he is. It's the glory of God. Um, it, it's the glory of God. It, the glory of God is the full nature of God on display. It's when the invisible qualities of God are made visible so that we can see them. Remember Moses? You know, he said, show me your glory. And, and God hid him in the cleft of the rock there. And, um, and he caused his goodness to go by him. You know, the glory, the goodness of God. And then he proclaimed who he was. You know, he's rich in mercy, he's compassionate. All these attributes of God that he proclaimed are incredible, his glory. Um, so we see the glory, of course, we see the glory manifest in Christ. You know, we see the glory uh, displayed in Christ. Hebrews 1, 3 says the sun um, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The sun is the glory or the manifestation of God himself. Um, Jesus, uh, is God made manifest or visible? You know, he came, Jesus came to show us what God is really like, who God is really like. He came to put a face on God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, uh, you know, and now we get to show the world who God is. And, and who knows that people have all kinds of false ideas on who God is. They don't know who he is. If they truly knew who God is, they, they would flock to churches. If they truly knew how glorious he is, it, it, would, be, it would be irresistible to them. You know, and when we get to the people uh, who carry the glory of God and represent him to those who don't know him, what an honour it is and what a great responsibility. We heard that word this morning in the prayer meeting, responsibility. What a great responsibility it is and a great privilege. You know, responsibility I've heard uh, before, um, it's a response to his ability. Amen. And responsibility always, we always need to, uh, have a response with responsibility. It's not inactive. We, it needs a response. And uh, anyway, so 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, um, it's talking about us now, we all who with unveiled face, faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image from glory to cl glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We should be different today uh, than we were yesterday. Every day, we should be closer to God. We should be different. We should be, uh, you know, if we look back over last year, you should think, gee, who was that person? I'm so different today. We're being changed from glory to glory. We're being conformed into the image of Christ. Amen? So that we can display his glory. And this morning, I want to talk about um, glory as it relates to um, us as his people, as the people of God. You know, glory uh, refers to external manifestations and conditions um, such as strength or position. You know, Joseph's position in Egypt uh, was his glory. Uh, David's glory was, you know, he was a mighty warrior. That was his glory um, in Judah. In uh, where have I got Solomon's glory was his servants, his wealth, you know, his animals, all those things. That was his glory and wisdom, of course. Um, the book of Proverbs tells us that the glory of young men is their strength. And the old men, it's their grey hair or something like that. Something, I'm not looking over there. Anyway, um, so incredible. This scripture is so amazing. Um, in uh, Psalm 8, verse 4, it says, What is man? 
that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him, a little lower than angels, and you crown him with glory and majesty. Wow, we've been crowned with glory and majesty because we're image bearers of the Father of Christ. It's quite amazing. Wow, can you believe that we've been crowned with glory and honour? Wow, it's just amazing. Jesus, before he went to the cross, you know, he prayed that, that prayer, you know, Father, the hour has come in John 17 and verse 1, the hour has come, glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. For you have granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And then he prays for the believers, all believers, and he says in verse 22, I have given them my glory. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. He has given us the glory. Isn't that amazing? He's given us glory. And um, it's his desire that we display it, not hide it. <laughs> you know, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, glory filled the temples, the people. And, and glory is still filling temples today. Amen. And God wants us to display his glory. glory. We're meant to be glory carriers. That's who we are, carrying the very glory of God into a, a world that doesn't know him. You know, we change atmospheres. Do you know that we, as the people of God, because we carry the presence of God, when we walk into an atmosphere, we can change that atmosphere because of the presence of God that is in us. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. His presence is far greater than any atmosphere we may walk into. It's amazing, incredible. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. As believers, glory, that's glory, isn't it? That's amazing. Uh, nothing is impossible for God and nothing is impossible for those who believe. Amen. Oh, I'm getting ready to, to see the, the, the greater works. <laughs> I'm so excited about what God is doing. Uh, but, you know, in that too, glory brings unity. It brings oneness. And uh, we can't do it on our own. We heard that again this morning. We can't. We, we need one another and glory, that glory, the presence of God brings unity and uh, it's amazing. For those of us um, who are parents, you know, we love it when our kids do well, don't we? We love it when they're using their gifts. We love it, um, you know, we, we love it. When I, I don't know when my kids were young um, and the times when they'd get awards for sport at school or, you know, an academic award, whatever it might be, you know, you'd be there and you'd be so proud. You know, your heart would just well up with pride in the good sense and, um, and you'd just be so proud. You'd be like, yes, that's my son. Yes, that's my daughter, you know, and um, that's what God is like. Uh, he's like that with us. When we use the gifts that he has given us, it brings him glory. He goes, that's my son, that's my daughter. They're doing what I've created them to do. They're not hiding, they're, they're, they're expressing my glory. And uh, one of the early church fathers said this, the glory of God is man fully alive. Isn't that amazing? Fully alive. Are we fully alive this morning? I was so blown away, you know, in the presence of God here. As soon as I walked in um, to the moment, you know, the worship started, there's such a hunger in this house. There's such a hunger for the things of God in this house. And, you know, God promises that he fills uh, people who are hungry. Amen. And so, oh, God, he's so good. There's such a hunger here. You know, Psalm, uh, Isaiah 42, talking about glory. I'll get back to that. Um, Isaiah 42, 59, it says, I will not give my glory to another nor my praise to idols. And so God, in, in the context, he's talking about idols. He will not allow his glory to be given or to be shared with idols. Um, but, you know, um, acknowledging our God-given gifts, our talents, those things that God has given us and exercising them without shame or um, uh, without apology, it's not stealing God's glory. 
It's not stealing. It's on the contrary. It's a way of giving him glory. We're meant to, uh, we're, we're partakers of a divine nature. <laughs> we're, we're meant to display that. We honour God by developing and using the gifts that he has given us. And, um, and uh, he's put them on the inside of us. Um, and we're always careful to bring the glory back to him. Amen? Always care. That's humility, knowing where those things come from. It's not our own ability. It's his. And we always acknowledge that. Uh, Miles Munro said this um, about glory. Uh, it's the full weight, the true nature, the full essence or true reality. The glory of a thing is its true es essence and nature. The creator designed, uh, designed all things with their glory or true essence buried within. Therefore, glory is the hidden truth of all created things. The purpose of life is to manifest that glory. And we, get, we glorify God because we are created in the image of Christ, amen? And we carry that glory, proclaiming the gospel to the world. Um, so we're carriers of God's glory. The glory is the full uh, manifestation of a thing. So it's like, you know, when you see a rose in bloom, the, the rose, the, the flower, the rose is the glory of that rose bush, it's the glory of it. It's the full manifestation of that thing. Um, the glory of an apple tree is the apple. You know, it, it's the fruit that it produces. It, everything um, in an apple tree, everything that's needed to produce the apples is already in the tree. It's, in fact, it's actually contained in the seed. It's already in the seed. Um, but until the fruit appears on the branches, the tree is not fully displayed the glory. Um, it's not completely filled, uh, fulfilled God's purpose. So an apple seed is just an apple seed, but hidden inside that seed is the potential to become an apple tree and to bear fruit. And so inside of us, the Bible says that, that, um, that we have an incorruptible seed. Amen. There's, a, there's seeds inside of us that God is wanting to grow. He's wanting to see fully realized. He's wanting to see the potential. Um, he want, wanting us to realize our full potential that we may display his glory. Everything is already contained within that seed. It just needs the right environment. It needs the right environment for it to grow and realize that potential, but it's got to go through a process. Who likes process? <laughs> No, we just like microwave, don't we? Quick drive through, have it done. Uh, but it needs to be planted. You know, a seed's got to be planted. It, it can't, you know, have you ever seen people who have got amazing gifts and talents and you think, yeah, they're going to do something incredible for the kingdom and yet they won't stay planted. And so it's just surface stuff. They never, they, they, their roots don't go down deep, you know, and they're here, there and everywhere, but it's just surface. It's just... You know, God wants us to be planted and for our roots to go down deep. Um, we need the right nutrients. Need, we need time. Um, it's hidden before it's exposed. You know, it's hidden. The seed is hidden. It has to push through some soil. Sometimes we've got to fight. <laughs> we fight the good fight of faith. You know, the water. We've got to water the word, the seed, the word with the word of God. Um, we need light, water, all of those things. Um, Sometimes we've got to separate ourselves from certain environments, from certain people um, that may not be good for us, that may not be healthy, uh, all of those things. John 12, 24, Jesus says, Very truly I say to you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And this speaks of how Jesus' death would produce much fruit, a harvest of souls, you know, um, eternal life to those who believe. And when we die to ourselves and our own desires and our own wants, we start to produce kingdom uh, fruit, don't we? We start to produce fruit for the kingdom. God's placed the seed on the inside of us. God's seed is in you. Uh, that means that the potential to be fruitful is there. It's just up to you and me to discover that potential. Uh, he wants the seed to grow and to produce fruit. Amen. All right. There's potential within that seed. We all have it. All of us have got the seed. The question is, what are we doing with it? You know, a seed, as I said before, a seed's hidden in the ground before it breaks through to the surface. It has to push through the soil. It's got to push through some dirt. Has anyone ever had to push through some dirt? 
<laughs> Anyone who's been around a, a while has had, had to push through some dirt in their lives. If you haven't, you will, because that's just the nature of it. And uh, we've got to push through some dirt in our lives. We've got to deal with some dirt. Uh, some of our dirt is our own mess. <laughs> some of the dirt has been thrown on us. <laughs> yes, but we all get to deal with that. We've got to push through that dirt um, in order for us to become fruitful. A seed must push through the dirt and the pressure in order to break ground. God's looking for groundbreakers. I believe it. God's looking for brown great ground breakers. Those who are willing to go through the process, those who are willing uh, to go through the dirt, those are willing who are willing to be hidden in that time of hiddenness, those who are uh, uh, who will go into the secret place of God and spend time in His presence when no one's looking. Amen. Come out powerful, groundbreakers. They're pioneers. This is a pioneering church. You can sense it. There's builders and architects and engineers and spiritually in here. It's, it's amazing. And, um, and they're groundbreakers. They're innovators. You know, they're risk takers. They change the future. They change culture. And they bring transformation. And that's what you are. You're groundbreakers in the spirit. And, um, and God is going to use you mightily to bring transformation and change to this city. Um, all right, okay, groundbreakers, they've got to first break ground in their own hearts and in their own lives. They've got to be proven and tested in times of darkness and despair, in times of hiddenness and obscurity, in times of pressure. Groundbreakers break ground and then they take ground. I believe God is calling us to take ground and to take territories for his kingdom. Amen. God wants his glory. He wants to see his glory revealed in us, that untapped power, that unused ability, those unrealized dreams, you know, the unfulfilled promises. You know, we can think of it all as like it's undisplayed glory, those things. But God, you know, who knows that God always sees more in us than we see in ourselves? He does. He sees the potential. He wants to see his glory revealed in us. You know, um, when, when you're about to do something, when it's in seed form, the enemy always tries to come and to steal that seed. He did it with Jesus. Remember Herod, you know, before Jesus, when Jesus was just, you know, young, he tried to come and to kill Jesus, tried to snuff him out while it was, well, you know, or God was in, like uh, Jesus was in that seed form and he does that with our gifts. He does that as we're just about to try and step out. He tries to come and snuff us out. Uh, but but we've, got to, we've got to be bigger than that. <laughs> Amen? We've got to realise who we are in the spirit. We've got to realise who we are. We've got to realise who uh, God says we are and we've got to um, uh, uh, say yes to that and believe that. Let us bring glory to God by finishing the work that he gave us. You know, Jesus said in that prayer, I've brought, you, I've brought you glory. He said to the Father, I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Let us be people who finish the work that God gave us to do. Not just start it, but finish it. Amen? Um, by using our gifts, bearing fruit for the kingdom and living lives worthy of the calling. The Apostle Paul, he said this, um, that his life was being poured out like a drink offering. Isn't that amazing? poured out like a drink offering and just as that wine was poured on the altar of sacrifice or, or on the ground um, so uh, he saw the apostle Paul saw his life as being poured out as a sacrifice for the Lord's work I don't know about you but I want to get to the end of my life and say oh, I've, I've used every last drop I've been poured out I've done everything that you've called me to do because who knows that we all get to stand before God we all get to give an account. What have you done with the gifts that I've given you? That's a scary thought, isn't it? I want to get before God and say, I've poured it all out. I did everything that you've given me to do. You know, Romans 8, 19, it says that creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. It's waiting. All of creation is groaning. It's amazing. I believe that God is raising up glory carriers in this house. Amen. There's glory carriers here. Those who have the capacity, the ability to carry the weight. Those who are of integrity. 
those who will exercise authority in the spirit, who will take responsibility for the city and will do the greater works. Amen. That's what I believe that he is raising up in this place. And it's exciting. And I think I'm going to let God, uh, uh, John, God. <laughs> I think I might, uh, I might let him. No, 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 it's all good. Um, I might come up later. But, um, you know, we, we glorify God by exposing his nature and his attributes. We glorify him by, by displaying his likeness, his character, and all of those things. Whatever your gift and your talent is, that's your glory. And it was given to fill the earth, to fill this city. Amen? It's amazing. Glory carriers. Find out. If you don't know, find out what you were born to do. <laughs> what makes you come alive? What makes you come alive? And uh, I might just finish there. I, f I really believe that God is, uh, we're in a time of stretching right now. Is anyone feeling the stretching? You know? No. <laughs> I'm feeling the stretching. And, uh, and there's got to come a time of stretching. They've got to, there's got to come a time of, you know, bearing more weight in order for us to carry what God has. There's a harvest out there. You know, the Bible says that um, don't say it's four, four months to harvest. No, lift up your eyes because the harvest is now. It's plentiful. It's now. The season is now. We don't have to wait four months. It's now. Uh, God, there's no question of the harvest. It's a question, are we ready? Can we bear the weight? Can we carry what God has for each one of us to carry? Amen. It's unfair. Next time I'm going first after that one. Oh. The word is in the house. You know, everything we've been hearing today, Shelley and I, because I don't look at Shelley's word and she doesn't look at my word, you guys have already been speaking it out. Because the word of God is living and active, and it's in the house. Our job is to listen to the Word of God, to allow the Word of God to come in, and not just come in and say, that was a great word, Pastor, that was a great, oh, I love you, Brian, what a word. But if you don't take it in and allow it to activate in your heart and allow it to permeate and do something, it's just a good word. It doesn't have an eternal value if you don't let the heart touch you and let it transform your life. So the word is in the house. Today, I'll, I've just got, I don't know, I've just, with what's been happening, I've just got a lot of thoughts going into my head and it, it's so full of stuff that to bring it out, it might come out jumbled because there's so much richness in this house. My title is The Fullness through sonship. Fullness through sonship. I remember probably a month ago, God gave me in our prayer meeting. And hey guys, well done with this prayer meetings that you have on the Thursday mornings and the Friday mornings. I'm looking to have at least 50 people on there really soon. Yeah, we know there's more than 50 because you've got families, but how about we generate more between the two churches and their par other pastors? Because the prayer is the starting point of any revival, any change in our city, in anything that we do in our lives. It's through prayer. Sanctified prayer through faith is what we're looking for. A people who will hear from God and then declare God's word over their lives, over the city, over the situation. Not manby-pamby prayers. Sorry, I'm Dutch. I, I, I like to speak it straight. I'm not attacking anyone. I'm just straight. And I love you guys. I feel honoured and privileged to be in the house. And I do have such a great honour for city builders and for Kingsway Church. The heart that they, the churches have here and the experience that we have when we come in here, we feel family. We feel a oneness. So get your friends onto the prayer meetings, onto the Zoom. Sometimes it takes sacrifice to achieve the goal. We were in many years ago when people said, you're idiots. The first time to go on a mission trip, guess when it was? Remember two aeroplanes? 
Never been overseas in my life. Month afterwards, we're on an aeroplane. And people said, what are you doing? We can't pick the time God wants us to be on a missions trip. But God moves powerfully through obedience. And those kids in Nauru were amazing. School kids getting up at, or staying up at 11 o'clock at night to pray. Because what they felt in the church there was, if it doesn't cost us anything, then it's not of any value. And so they committed and everyone was worried about the kids' schoolwork. How are they going to achieve all their academic marks? Guess what happened? They looked at God's kingdom and put God's kingdom first. Their grades improved, didn't go down. See, that's what happens when you put God first in your life and when you look to him for your answers, not to the world. I suppose I should give you a scripture. Make it look very spiritual here. All right then. My text has been from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 23. It's Paul's prayer. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe that the power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. As I was studying this, and, and something struck me powerfully in this one. It says here, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. So what's that saying? Is God got all authority in every circumstance, in every place. And he has preeminence about what is the reason that he has all authority. It says it in the next words, for the church. Not the church building, for the church, those who are in the church, those who are committed to the church, God's church, those who are family. So all authority reigns here right now in the people of God who walk by the Spirit and allow God to move. But the first thing we have to ask for is the wisdom and the revelation of God to be able to walk in this understanding. I believe we've got so many Christians who are sitting in church day after day, year after year, and they're not walking in the revelation of God. They're walking in their lives defeated because they don't understand the power and the authority of what God has for them. Corey did an amazing thing this morning. He was just adding more emphasis on what I was talking about. And he just was talking about responsibility. Responsibility. What a powerful word responsibility is. And each person has a different role to play in the house of God. A different responsibility, as Shelley said, a different response for the ability that God's given them. For me, I know for me that I have the responsibility of our church in Lean, Gatherin, Mubu, North, and wherever else God's sending us to plant churches and to build churches. But he's also given me a responsibility to take cities. That's not me. I'm, I'm, 
I'm Dutch. I'm just saying it as it is. That's what God says. That's what it is. I'm not prideful about it. I'm scared as hell about it. Well, I shouldn't say hell in church, is it? It's really scary. But it scares the heck out of me and say, who am I that you would put that on me? But it's not about me, is it? It's a God's ability, which I'm finding out that these abilities will start to come out as I press into him and, and then start to walk. And as we're talking about responsibility, I seen Renee walking. I said, there's a woman who's got a responsibility for the city. The weight of it, it, it's not her weight, it's God's weight of the responsibility for the city. And so we need to make sure that knowing that people have greater responsibility, we need to support these people in our prayer, in our time, because they need that, because the weight sometimes can feel overbearing. Over, it's like, how can I do this? See, because we are the church. All authority is given because we are the church, God's sons and God's daughters. And in us is the fullness of Christ Jesus. Sometimes I think we as a church don't get this. What does the fullness, when Jesus Christ is the head and we are his fullness, what does that mean? You know, people say, oh yeah, that sounds good. But the fullness is everything what is Christ, we are. But of different aspects of that. I cannot be you. You don't want to be me. I have enough arguments in my head without you trying to be me with the struggles and that and then getting up and stepping up and declaring God's word and then you feel like a failure and you get back up. You know, we've all got our areas. But it's as we represent Jesus Christ, as we represent him in our area of what God has gifted us, our gifts and our talents. Our responsibility is to raise them up and walk in them. And then we start to be, each one of us becomes an aspect of Jesus Christ. When we get out of here, stop thinking small. Yes, we're courageous in here. Are we the same person out in the world? Being courageous, using our gifts and our talents. There's certain few which use their gifts and their talents in the house. The rest of the city changes. Who get out in their workplace and be Christ and demonstrate the part of Christ, what they're good at. It doesn't have to be a church job. Wherever you are, you're Christ's representatives. He's look, God is looking for people who will say, here am I, Lord, send me. And God will equip and empower you for what he has for you. I have to keep an eye on me. Trying. Just give me a buzz when you want me to wind down because I get wound up. <laughs> you know, in this very scripture, the Bible says that God himself has an inheritance in you. So you can't say, oh, I'm not much. No, God is looking at each one of us and says, I've put into you, now I want to receive the fruit of it. That's what he's saying. He believes in you enough because he knows what he's already put in you and me. I remember years ago, I think it was Ian McCormick, the one who got killed by the, he died from the box jellyfish. He was annoying me all night. The reason being I was full of fear and full of that, but I was just loving serving the church and I was just being around doing what I do. And, and he kept coming up to me and said, much is given, much is required. And I'm thinking, heck, what, what does that mean? Now as I grow older, I realise that the responsibility is great. But it's not me. I have to stick with my heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, and to lift me. You know, you have a responsibility for what God's given you. You have to take and make an account with him. What did you do, first of all, with my son? And then what did you do with the gifts and talents that I gave you? 
See, there's a lot of things which are going on in my head. I, I pray that you, you get this in your head because I just know Gippsland, Sale, Kingsway Church, City Builders Church, there's, there's such a richness in the house. There's a uniqueness about it that God wants to use it. Do you believe it? I mean, not just believe it in your head, but in your heart. Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? I'd like to use an example. Thank you, Julian. You, do you know who you are? I'm not saying oh, you know that you're just, you know, I'm the son in the house. That's a great word. I love that word, son in the house. But do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? This is the question what we need to ask ourselves. Because a lot of times we know who we are at times, but our fear will stop us from being who we are because they, that can't be me. And we will list off a lot of reasons why it can't be us. But not look to the God who gives us all things. All things are possible in him for those who believe. I see city builders here. I see city shakers here. Those who see bigger than what there is. To dream big. And the only way you can dream, dream big is go up higher. Get into his presence and say, God, what are you seeing? What are you saying, Lord? How do I see it? Just like Jesus did. Because he promised that we will do more things than he would. Because we're a people of power. We're not wimpy Christians. We're powerful Christians because God has said that about us. Because we have his dunamis power in us by the Holy Spirit. And I'm switching gears now because this is one thing I have a concern about. I love city builders. I love the whole concept. But then I look at the sons and, and I look at the generations and I say, look at this. I love sons in the house and the fathers in the house. And, and Jesus expressed the father's heart and he revealed the father's heart. And Paul says, you know, you might have many instructors, but very few fathers. But, I, but then Paul goes, imitate me as I imitate him. In other words, don't just be me, imitate the Father's heart. See how I looked after you. See how I came about. See how I just gathered you, protected you. Each one of us should have the Father's heart because Jesus was the example of the Father's heart. I only do what I do, see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father saying. He was demonstrating it in a practical way. And each one of us can have this. And we can talk about the sonship. And then I started looking through the scriptures. How well did that go? And how long did a move of God move in the, in the people coming down the line? And I, saw, I think of Moses, awesome man of God. And I see Joshua. Oh, what a man of God. Followed in his footsteps. When Moses, he learned from Moses, he was stuck with him. And when Moses left the tender meeting where God was face to face talking. First of all, let's separate Moses from Miriam and Aaron. Moses had a face to face conversation. If people don't know what the face to face conversation means, is God spoke plainly. He, he didn't say, oh, I wasn't sure what you meant there. No, God spoke in a way that... Moses understood clearly, and he says of Miriam and Aaron, I give you dreams and visions, just parts of it. And people say, yeah, but that was the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, let's go to Jesus. He might be a good guy to learn from. What do you reckon? The disciples and Jesus comes along and he gives them parables, confusing the people giving him parts. However, when the true disciples, the true sons of the house, what wanted more, said, Jesus, I don't have a clue what you meant. Let's be honest, that's what they were basically saying in the scripture. Will you please explain? And Jesus said, aha, your true sons. I will speak to you face to face and explain what it all means. And so I looked at it, and, but then I noticed something. There was no other succession after Joshua. What 
is happening. And this is what my fear is. When it's generation after generation, we see something, what gets broken down. God's got a great move, a great promise. His words are speaking out and he's declaring breakthrough in the city and it gets so far. The father, the son, but where does it go next? See, Joshua had the father's and Moses' heart. But did the people, because when he was dying, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he said, you do whatever you want, but that's what we're doing. It was a clear declaration of purpose. And the leader said, yes, but then when they died off, what happened? Where was, it looked like that the people who got the ease of the, the, the country and their, now everything's prosperous, they got the benefits of the fight of others, but they did not learn the Father's heart. They weren't people who were image bearers of the Father. They were wanting to receive. Oh, is this all right? Because this is a, this is a great contrast and God's really wanting to touch us so that we won't, we will be city builders which break strongholds and not just for today because we're going to fight for our next generation and the next generation now let's not look just the now we're going to look to the future what legacy do we leave behind and then I start thinking about it and Pastor Graham was saying yeah because I said I didn't see anywhere in scriptures where there was more legacy he said no no John you're wrong there was and I said, oh, and then he explained, and I, I really was grateful. He said, yes, there was. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and who was the next one? Joseph. They carried the same image through the system. And then I started pondering it. See, you can be a son in the house, but there's two kinds of sons in the house. And this is where, where, why things can break down and why we don't see it. I looked at this and I said, awesome, Abraham, friend of God, powerful, promises of the covenant. Isaac, continuation of the promises of the covenant. Then we get to Jacob. Something happens. There's the enemy came in to try to destroy God's plan. What happened was there was two brothers, two sons in the house, same father, same father. Father, they both called him dad. However, one was the image bearer, one was not, and they were in the same house. How do I know they were he was not the image bearer? Because he wanted to kill his brother, the true image bearer. And I thought, geez, this is this is this is wild. In the same house, brother went out to kill brother. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's odd. But then we get to Joseph. Got the whole family. There's Joseph, loved by his dad. They're all the same dad, different mothers. It's a crazy world out here, isn't it? Yet his brothers sought to kill him. And instead, they got him enslaved. And so I look at it and say, okay, God, these are the things we've got to be made aware of. To, to be able to fix something, you've got to be aware of it. We've got to be aware of what's in our heart. There's a possibility we can be, start to be a true son, but in the journey and things happen, we start to grow up and we start to lose our place of where we should be and think more highly of ourselves. And now instead of being the true son, we're looking to kill anyone who is an image bearer of the father. Yeah. See, let it be not so. My desire is that, for me, I have to look at this constantly too because being Dutch, I can speak things what I shouldn't speak because that's who I am. But God's changing me by the grace of God and so is my wife. And she does an awesome job. I'm so grateful for Shelley because she's opened me up to a new world of seeing things different than my culture. To understand that sometimes the words that I speak, even though they're not attacking, they seem to be attacking people because I'm blunt as an axe. But I found out in life sometimes you've got to be as blunt as an axe to get something to change. 
And sometimes you've got to do it soft, with the soft hammer. The chisel. And my, my pastor, Pastor Rob Davey, used to say, John, I know you can use the, the sledgehammer. You've pro- been prophesied that you've got the sledgehammer and you can break, break through things where other people can't break through. But he said, please, John, learn how to use the pick. <laughs> are we getting something out of this today? Are we receiving it? And are we looking at ourselves at this moment and say, where am I as a son? What camp am I in? Am I a true son who is an image bearer or am I jealous of ones which look more image bearer and I want to destroy them? Because that's what destroys the move of God. It's in the house. We have a devil who wants to come to steal, kill and destroy. And he wants to, he, the only way he can destroy the house and the work it's got for the city to, be, to break open the city is in the house. He can use you and me unwittingly because we haven't dealt with the stuff of our hearts. We haven't looked at ourselves in an honest way and said, here am I, God. Do a work in me. Get ready when you get it. In the dirt you go, what Shelley said. Pressure, hidden, and then you come out in the move of God, in the power of God. Oh, let's see. I just want to finish with a few things because, oh, once again, as I said, God is looking for his inheritance. We, we receive an inheritance, but as we give out our gifts and our talents to each other, to share it out there, don't think you're going to lose it. You're going to get more and more because as you step out, God trusts you with the greater. God trusts you with the greater. We know that there's a move of God happening in this place. You know, I love the lights coming on for the first day. It puts a nice shine on me bald spot. Hey? Now you're going to see the glory on Pastor Brian more than you've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry, Brian, I had to throw that one in. <laughs> but do you see yourself as God sees you image bearers reflecting the glory of God for his sake for his sake not for our benefit for his benefit let his kingdom come not our kingdom come may we be one heart one mind one spirit his kingdom come that's what I love about Pastor Brian and Lynn and Pastor Graham and Dee. You've got a unity of heart to come together and the churches. I'm so grateful for that. I'm learning so much by sitting with these wise people. To sit in their presence, to, to gain. And as we talk, we bounce off each other. As you talk with each other about the things of God, watch what happens. You learn so much from each other. Because Jesus says what he speaks to you in the darkness, speak in the um, daytime. What he whispers in your ear, shout it on the rooftop. Because you guys are important. You say, well, I don't know much about the Bible but what you do know share it with one another because I get to learn from you how can you don't you read the Bible yes but you get God gives you revelation and gives you different aspects of his glory and when you share it with me guess what I get to learn some more about it and rejoice and when I share some with you you get to see another aspect But it's as a body, as a family. We're not here as competition. We're here as a family to do family business. And isn't God good to us? And we've got to remind ourselves. God rejoices over you. In other words, when the Bible talks about when Jesus himself rejoiced after his disciples came back from, um, Jesus sent them out on their own, probably their first time, and they came back and saying, Jesus, even the demons fled from us. And Jesus was calm and collective, but he was bubbling inside. He said, yes, but rejoice that your name's in the book of life. And then it says, afterwards, say afterwards, Jesus went away and he rejoiced and 
and he, he praised God. But we've got to understand when Jesus said, it says that when Jesus rejoiced, he was rejoicing over his disciples. He wasn't going, I thank thee, Father. It was so good of you to bless my kids. Now he said, thank you, Father. It was awesome. Oh, it's, look, the kids, they're getting to see it. They're doing what I'm showing them. They're doing, they're in your image. And he was ecstatic. He was intoxicated. He was a whoa, God. The Spirit of God was on him because he was rejoicing and dancing with such exuberance. That's what the rejoice means. And he does that for you and me. He dances and rejoices over us as we become image bearers, as we step up to the plate and become like him, to follow him, casting out the old the old man. Stop being the old son and be the new son. The one who has been given over to him so that he can rejoice over you. I think I should stop at that, hey? I'm getting excited, Brian. Sorry. Something about being in the house, eh? Is that you today? Shelly, do you want to say something? You're pretty good at it. God wants to move in the house today. God wants to touch you right now. If we can have some music going in the background, this is what we do at our church. That would be awesome, guys. I believe God is looking for a response. All day now it's been response after response. That's what God's been looking for. In our prayer meeting, respond to what God was saying. Graham, um, Brian coming up, respond. Renee coming up, respond. I believe we need to respond and ask God, laying our burdens at his feet and saying, no longer will I be the wayward son and recommit to God. If anyone hasn't given their heart to Jesus, this is a perfect time to give their hearts to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to come up and say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Because you can't be a true son without giving your heart to him. You can try to mimic Jesus, but you can't be like him to, to receive it. There's a move of God going to happen, you like it or not. You want to be part of it, or you want to be on the outside watching it, because God's not waiting. He can't wait any longer. He's excited. He's, he's got a time, and he wants to release it. And I believe he wants to release it now. He wants to release his move, but, he's, but you can either be in it or you can be on the outside and miss it and then wonder what your life's in a mess for. In his presence is the fullness of joy, unspeakable joy. So if anyone wishes to come up, come forward and just, oh, someone better grab that because I just broke it. I'm good. It's all right, I got hammer. I can fix that one. So come forward. We want to pray for you. Pastor Brian wants to pray for you because we believe that God is a God of dunamis power. He's the God who heals. He's the God who sets free. He's the God who answers your prayers. What is the prayer that what's been on your heart? Is it aligned with God's heart? But he wants to fulfill that. He wants you to step up to the plate and say, yes, use me. Because we cannot take the city if we don't go out into the city. Pastor Brian is doing his role. Many others, but there's more hands on deck. It's as simple as that, church. And together, the power of God works through us and the fullness of God works through us. So if anyone wishes to come up for prayer, please come up. Who's got the nerve to come up for prayer? Hey, Come on. Who wants to give their hearts to Jesus? So come forward. Yeah, come, come forward. God wants to touch. God wants to move. Just at a guess, I believe there's people who are sick in the house. Just a guessing. God's in the house to heal. But it takes faith to walk up, step up, to receive what God's got for you. True? If anyone wants to recommit to God, bless you guys. Come up. Bless you guys.
We'll have you, Brian and the leaders or whoever you have. Yes. If you feel like you've got limitations, just Shelley said, God wants to shatter them off your life. But you've got to say, here it is. Here are my limitations, Lord. I hand them to you. Smash them off my life right now. Because we've got a limitless God. We've got a limitless God to come forward, guys. There's a stepping up and a stepping out. And I believe that sometimes there's a time of repentance if we're the son who has been the rebellious son. And the Bible says a rebellious, uh, someone who is rebellious, it says, as a sin of witchcraft. Sometimes when we pray, you know, everyone's saying, oh, there's witchcraft over the house. It could be in the house because the sons are being rebellious and it's bringing that spirit of witchcraft. I've been real here because I believe God wants to break through and break out because there's a great move of God going to happen in this town, in this Gippsland area, in Sale. Do we see it? Do we believe it? That's the question, church. Will we take hold of it? Will we receive the glory of God so that we can be bearers of His glory? Thank you, Father. I hand it over to Brian if he wants to say more.